Welcome to Misinformation, hosted by Rebecca Jones and produced by Big Mouth Media. This weekly podcast with Florida COVID whistleblower Rebecca Jones dives into the world of disinformation and how it's hurting America and democracy. Now, here she is, Misinformational. everyone. I am Rebecca Jones, aka Misinformational, and you are joining us for our 18th episode. And I'm here always with the lovely Dr. Cindy Banyai. Hey, Rebecca, Misinformational. How are things in your neck of the woods? Crazy. So... <laughs> We're gonna I'm just thinking that, yeah, your neck of the woods is like never normal. Oh, before we dive into today, because I know there's a ton of insane things going on that you want to talk about. But just for levity, before we start off here, I don't know if anybody's seen the most recent Florida man video coming out of my area, but things are so crazy down where I live here in Southwest Florida that yesterday and just yesterday, everybody, there was a bunch of jackasses, like literal donkeys running down the street of Naples. And a naked man doing somersaults down a road near Fort Myers Beach. So what do you got to top that, Rebecca? I don't think I could have anything that funny. Although I will say, to briefly add a bit of levity, there was a video leaked of Ron DeSantis' 2018 debate prep with Matt Gates, And I think it's so... Byron Donald's my opponent. It's so hilarious that Matt Gates was his debate coach because I kicked Matt Gaetz's ass yeah i picked on byron donald's ass too and that was my first debate ever in my life and the fact that he had been coaching desantis like four years prior explains so so much about why desantis is horrible but i like how he really looked like beavis and butthead he looked like butthead like for real and that those shots he was still chubby then So we've got a couple of stories to go into. The first thing is more of a notice, not so much a story. There is a initiative to put abortion rights on the ballot in the state of Florida. And that petition has been officially posted as of May 8th. You can print out that form and we'll include the link with this podcast episode and turn it in yourself. Or you can sign up to volunteer to help collect petitions. And I'm planning on collecting at least a couple thousand to do my share. I ended up collecting almost, I think, 100,000 petitions for other candidates (laughs) in the 2022 election to help them all make the ballot. So I'm a pretty good petition gatherer. And if you want to help gather petitions, there is an organization. We'll also link that here who are they're training people on the proper ways to do it and what the rules are, because of course in Florida, they're always changing. And uh, any help with that would be very much appreciated to make sure that we're not second-class citizens pushed into forced birth and trauma at the hands of the I was going to say, this initiative is being headed by Florida now, the National Organization of Women, the Florida chapter. And I believe it's the Florida Protect Freedom Organization that's leading the initiative on it. I can tell you also, after speaking with Chairwoman Nikki Freed of the Florida Democratic Party, that this initiative to put abortion rights on the ballot, that's what this is. This is the referendum to put it on the 2024 ballot, is one of the top priorities for the Florida Democratic Party. And they will be coordinating and helping to coordinate those ballot initiatives and the petition signing as well, along with the right to clean water, which is something I've been very active in as well. And here's why that we need your help on this, because we have to get 
over a million signatures that are going to have to be verified. And those are what are needed by November to get it on the ballot for 2024. So we really only have this summer to get people who are registered Florida voters, active registered Florida voters. And it has to have your signature match. I cannot stress this enough because I've actually been talking with the rights to clean water folks who've been trying to do this now for a year. They're having over 50% of their signatures uh, thrown out because people are not signing it the way that it's on their voter registration. So this is another time for you to check in with your voter registration. Make sure that you didn't get thrown off the rolls because you may have, because there's been a lot of changes to the election law. Make sure that you're registered for vote by mail just in case so you can have it. Make sure you update your signature so you know what it looks like. Take a picture of it. Make it the exact same one that you have on your driver's license so you always have a picture of it. Whatever it is, make sure that you update it. And you totally can do this. You can do this on the website, any supervisors of election website will take you to the place that you need to do that. That way your vote will count and your signatures on these ballot initiatives will count. Yeah. And I actually had one of the lowest ballot rejection or ballot petition rejection rates in the state. And that was mostly because I went through and checked everybody one by one before I sent them off, which I'm not going to unfortunately have the time to do this year. So do make those checks. If you feel like your signature changes all the time, Cindy had a great suggestion, sign it how it's on your driver's license. That is the best advice that you could possibly get because you'll carry that with you anywhere. Very important initiatives. Sometimes- I missed the ballot cutoff, the petitions by just a couple hundred votes or a couple hundred petitions. Oh, we're so close. I tried. I, I know you did. You were a huge help. I started help. collecting for people, like, because at first it was like two or three. And then by the end of it, I think it was 40 people. And so what we had done, and I'm going to check to see if we can do this time, is created a packet. And then we would have the people fill out completely the first one. And then they could yep, just go through and sign the rest. And we could go back and fill that out. Yep, which take, took us a lot of time, but it was worth it because we ended up getting, I think, 18 people over the line. Sorry. <laughs> no, it wasn't <laughs> your fault. It was late, Then it was less likely that we were going to make up that gap. There was actually one of the supervisors of elections office didn't even process hundreds of mine. Walton County. Super fun pain in my ass during the election cycle and I was like glad that they got like mostly cut out because I was like this is they're just and Bay was I think the worst one for me I every single one I sent to Bay they rejected except for one who went in and turned it in himself and I was the first candidate in Florida history of either party to get voter petitions from every single county in the state of Florida all 67 and so we could do it was, like, it was a redistricting year. So that was a special thing too. So it was a really amazing feat yes, that you so did you can there. only do it every 10 years. And I was the first one to ever do it. And uh, I was pretty damn proud because I worked really freaking hard to get to each one of those 67 counties. And Bay was giving me such a hard time. I was like, you're right next to us. Like, why are you doing this? But eventually we got it. Barely, but we got it. And uh, I was pretty damn proud of that. And I was the first Democrat to qualify using voter petitions in the state for that election cycle as well. It's a fiend. I'm really good at petitions. <laughs> so I'll be helping. I'm going to look into the logistics of if we can do a packet. The state is always changing the rules. So uh, I know that there were additional changes this year. So we'll have to look that up. But we got to move on to disinformation. But it is other stuff. Other stuff. But yeah. keep this yeah. stuff in mind, okay? So the first thing I'm going to do is, and this isn't, a lot of this disinformation has already been nailed because this case is older, but because it involves a friend of mine, 
I really have to call out the New York Times for the god-awful fluff piece or redemption story that they tried to publish about convicted felon and fraudster Elizabeth Holmes. If you don't know who that is, I didn't before a few years ago. Or Liz, isn't it Liz now? She's gone by Liz now. Yeah, I know. She was this woman who claimed to have developed a test that with a single drop of blood could test you for, and Tyler's probably going to yell at me if I get this wrong, but it was like a hundred different things. And one of the biggest things that they were trying to contract with was the military because you could put just single prick tests and you could deploy lots of them. And it was seen as this kind of like revolutionary thing. Problem was it was a complete lie. It didn't work. And Tyler Schultz, who's a good friend of mine and a good person. I think he, I can't call him. A, he's younger than me about two years. So he feels like a kid, but a good man, I guess, because he's in his thirties, I should say really good person, an honest person who that woman put through hell because he was one of the lead scientists developing this test. And he was the one who blew the whistle on what Elizabeth Holmes was lying about. And people talk about how like I was so heroic and I didn't, I stumbled into it. Tyler made like a conscious choice and mm -hmm. why it was so much more difficult for him than it is for pretty much every other person I've ever met. His grandfather, who was the single most decorated public official in American modern history in the last hundred years, he was like secretary of state. He was the secretary of all these different departments, worked under all these presidents, very well connected. He was invested into Elizabeth Holmes' dream or vision. Mm -hmm. And even after telling his grandfather that it was a lie, his grandfather tried to set him up. And uh, they were having a conversation and Elizabeth's lawyer was in the next room and he split his family and he was stalked and followed. He was afraid he was going to be killed. He and I have talked about what it's like to have the whole world talking about you and what your motives are and how you lied about this and that. And he stayed anonymous for years intentionally mm -hmm. he had that privilege i didn't ron DeSantis before i even said anything was like oh this is this woman and she's bad she's just angry whatever he said even though i wasn't fired yet at the time at any rate he went through hell and it's a kind of isolating never-ending dark hell that maybe only people like me will ever really understand but and she did it intentionally. She pushed one of the other people who came forward to suicide. Another one of the people committed suicide. Another one of his friends, I forget her name might have been Abby or something like that. She would call Tyler panicked because she was afraid that someone was following her. And they were. And this is an evil monster. An evil monster. She knew it didn't work. And uh, he never reconciled with his grandfather before he died. He said there was a moment where... All he said to him was, I watched her standing on the ship and with tears in her eyes, tell the soldiers, I'm just thankful that I'm going to save so many lives. And uh, he said that he knew that at that point that she was lying. So they never quite reconciled, but there was at least an acknowledgement. And as I mentioned, he's a good guy, a really good guy. He's brilliant scientist, obviously, as well. But to write a redemption arc story, a feature that's that prominently focused on her and to try to paint 
this image of, oh, now she's a mom. So she's different now. She's going to prison. The fact that she's been free. Like she's going now, right? And this is for 11 was... years. For 11 years. Yeah. And she got convicted of fraud and all this other stuff, not for pushing one of her former employees to suicide by stalking and harassing and threatening him, not for what she did to Tyler, not for what she did to the other people who eventually came forward. She's going to prison for 11 years for fraud. However you get them, as long as the monsters go away, that's fine. And actually, I was talking to Tyler last night and this morning saying it really is a special place in hell when you have to watch your monster be just fawned over by people who should know better. Redeemed. And he said he was thinking about writing a, a rebuttal to it because they only mentioned him in one paragraph of the whole thing and about how he used to sleep with a knife under his pillow because he was afraid they were going to come for him. But he's just trying to move on. And I was like, maybe I should write it with some other whistleblowers and on your behalf. I'll get Dan Ellsberg to sign it and I'll get a Vinman and we'll be like, this is not how we treat people who torture people because that's what she did. But that was very bad in the New York times. And there, there are a lot of people who know her very well and think that she got pregnant specifically to get sympathy from the jury, hoping they would not convict her. And honest to God, from everything that, I've heard from people who worked for her for years. So not people like, oh, I met her the one time and the blah, 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 and she's crazy. People who were very intimately involved in her life, I think it's true. And uh, I don't like speculating on people's personal motives, but I think it's true. And that piece was, it was just, it was beyond shameful. It was disgusting. And uh, it'd be like if right before R. Kelly went to prison for all these rapes, they were like, oh, but he's a dad and he feels bad. And he goes to the mall and he shops and he spends time with his kids. It, it would be that ridiculous. Or Bill Cosby, it'd be like, holy shit, why? Because she's white, she's blonde, she's rich, she's connected, she's powerful. She spends her time shopping at like the designer bags that I don't even know the names of because I was never exposed to that culture. Dior or I don't know. I saw the perfume somewhere. Louis Vuitton. Yeah, that French sounding one. So that's, I'm not supposed to knock on the New York Times because they're producing my documentary. But I think after they've seen all the footage of my documentary, because it's almost done, they know by now I'm not going to not say something. So I think they will take it with a grain of salt. But it was truly awful. I'm just, the New York Times lately has been so bad. We used one of their headlines, I think, when we were talking about the, the boy who was shot on his porch. And how are they talking about a homeowner and trying to give this shooter this authority who has since been arrested? I don't know if that had happened by then. But okay, so that's all I'm going to say about the New York Times and quickly transition to, since we're talking about shootings now, the shooting in Texas. Yeah. Which, uh, yes. Over the 200th, there's been more than 200 shootings this year, which is more than there have been days thus far. Yes, there are. And that was shootings, by the way. last year as well. So I, I've talked, I don't know if I've mentioned this. I've known a lot of people have been shot or have seen people been shot. One of my friends from college, Stephen Barton, was on a cross country bike trip with his best friend from oh, Harvard yeah. when they happened to stop at a friend's house in Aurora, Colorado. And decided out on a whim to go see the new Dark Knight movie. And uh, James Holmes taped the emergency exit door, came back in with an AR-15, got off, I don't know, 60-something rounds before it jammed, switched to a shotgun, and then shot my friend in the face. He lived, scarred, 
but lived. He was a Rhodes Scholar before that. He was doing this trip with his friend before going off for his Rhodes Scholarship. Very kind guy, nerdy like me. Obviously, we met through Quidditch. That says a lot about our personalities. He got involved with Bloomberg's group after that. And I talked with him for hours about what it was like being shot and in his experience. I wrote about it at the time too. And for a crisis comms class that I took that same year, or maybe the year after, I had to read the whole Sandy Hook report from the police, mm-hmm. which described in very graphic detail dismemberment of five and six-year-old children, just limbs just scattered throughout the room because of that gun. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought I had from the conversations I've had and the people I've known, a fairly good graphic visualization from reading things of what a mass shooting would look like. And I was wrong or I underappreciated it because I saw the video um, that is circulating online of the pile of bodies. There really is no other description for it. Huddled around a bush in the mall in Texas. Now, we're not going to play it here, but I have all wrestled with the idea of should these pictures be public? I get both arguments. Both sides of this are correct. That is why it's so difficult. The people who are saying that the family should not be put through that trauma. The family should be the people who ultimately decide whether or not they want to scroll through Twitter one day and have to see that. I understand that. But I've also seen some Sandy Hook, which I have said ever since that happened, if something doesn't change now, it never will. Me too. A continued complacency. And I think part of it is because we're not seeing it. There yeah, is it's not real. seeing is believing. And the some of the lies that are in the propaganda that's promoted by Second Amendment type people are mm-hmm. only able to continue to be promoted because we're not seeing it. I was the one of two token liberals on one of the biggest Twitter spaces <laughs> the other day about this. And, uh, and that was my angle that I wanted to bring into this was the ethics, not just within media, because that is a whole other subject that they would have to discuss, but in general for the public of whether or not we have a right to see those photos and whether or not we have an obligation to share them. And uh, I've come from the other side of this. I now think absolutely yes. We have a right to see them and we have an obligation to share them. I, 10 years ago, was like, no, I can't imagine being the parent of one of those children and the pictures of my butchered child printed out extra large in the halls of Congress or just on social media or sent to me in the mail or whatever the hell. I I can't imagine that pain. But not seeing it, I think, is giving that vacuum. And we've talked over and over again about how disinformation thrives in a vacuum of information when there is not information that is when it's easiest to start spreading lies and one of the biggest lies that i heard repeated over and over again during the spaces of like mostly gun nuts was that there's no difference in what a handgun can do to a person versus an ar-15 can and that is a lie It is an absolute lie. A ballistics expert, just call up any of them and they will tell you that's a lie. The Washington Post, I believe, um, did a visualization of the difference of these bullets that is, see, I thought that was difficult to look at. They're not, they are recreations of a 
basically a template body with no face or distinguishing features, but one of them is a child based mm -hmm. on a real child, Noah, um, who was killed in Sandy Hook. And they show where the bullets entered and how it exploded the body. And part of it is the face. I thought that was hard to look at. And then I saw the Texas mall photo yeah. and they have since released the picture of the family that you can see there. There's a little boy that like a toddler who's on his back, who was shot in the forehead and his brains are strung out on the sidewalk. You can see his brain strung out on the sidewalks. Father mm -hmm. is partially on top of him, probably because he was shielding him and his face was blown off. It's like the bottom half of his face is just gone. His mother's body is right next to them. She was, she shielded their other child who lived with her body. There were two other children who were killed. I think they were four and six. You don't see them on the video, but you do see several other dead bodies back there. And they're in a pile because they hid behind a bush. They were all these strangers in this family hid behind this bush trying to shield their children. And it's literally a pile of bodies. And... So I, I want to take that pause. I was going to say, I... This is something that America does, okay? Not only just the acceptance and the whitewashing of the violence and the repercussions of the weapons that many members of the government have chosen to promote for economic reasons, for power reasons, but it's also a media standard. It's something that I was shown while I was traveling abroad. Other places around the world have a much more, this is how it goes attitude when it comes to showing pictures like this. So I think that people have a much more realistic sense of what happens when there's violent incidents or even things like traffic accidents. That's another thing that I think people don't really wrap their head around until they see it or they're in one. And same thing with the violent actions like bombs and things like that. But there are many other global media outlets will very candidly show this information on the nightly news, for instance. And I and think it was that, the imagery from Vietnam on the nightly news yep. that helped sway public opinion against it. And so the yeah. argument is already well established that the visual aspect of what is happening is a huge motivator or a catalyst for change. It's not just Vietnam. You think about what the George Floyd video did for the like huge civil rights movement and the police brutality right. movement here, the little Syrian boy who washed up dead and how that mobilized Americans to send money, send relief. There was somebody from Louisiana who bought like multiple boats just to get people out of there after seeing that one photo or the photo of the starving child in Africa, the photographer, which later killed himself, seeing it is something that we're visual people. Human beings are inherently visual people. And I think that most of us, even Republican people, not the politicians, when they see a child butchered that way, they can't help almost, but feel like that's not okay. This is wrong. And yeah, other countries do show those kinds of things. You can find videos posted of the Las Vegas shooting that are not blurred out on foreign news sites, mm -hmm. but you're not going to find Sandy Hook. You're not going to find Uvalde or Parkland. Those records were agreed to remain locked away. And I think it's time we saw them. 
Yeah. I think we need to have a real honest conversation about this and how this is a uniquely American problem and how the public is being manipulated by powerful entities. Even there's some allegations that there's significant connections between the NRA and foreign dollars flowing no, from Russia. That's been demonstrated. That's not right. even an allegation at this point. Okay, so there we go. For it. Yeah. But there's no, so this is not just, oh, okay, great. You want to be a hunter, you want a handgun for personal protection. Okay. But this is, this has been a campaign of divisiveness, a campaign of normalizing violence and terror. We've got it all the way down to our children. Our elementary school children are being taught how to hide from shooters. We've turned Even our schools into prisons. Yeah. And of course, and that's only a small amount of what happens when you have weapons. You're more likely to kill yourself or kill someone you love with that weapon in your home than Even anything else. Even a handgun. Of course, other countries don't have this problem. The gun nuts will tell you that's not true. And then they'll pull up a chart that shows like Brazil and India. And in raw per capita numbers across the entire world, we are second in the world, the whole world, every country. That's an inappropriate comparison. If you look at just what we consider like the G20 countries. That's, or That'd be like the raw numbers. Of, no, not of, raw number, like per capita for the whole world. We're number two okay. under Brazil. And then like India is like right below us. And then there's some other countries down there. But uh, if you look at just what we consider developed nations, it's not comparable. I think Canada or Australia is underneath us. And that's partly because they enacted different gun laws within the period of the study. If you were to look at just like the last 20 years, it would be very different. But even then, it's a magnitude of, I think, eight or nine times difference between us and mm -hmm. the next one. And uh, this is a uniquely American problem in the context of it being what we consider a developed nation. And, uh, but they'll lie and they'll say it's not. And there's a mountain of data that proves that wrong. And this is, again, one of the reasons that one of the things I encountered with one of these gun nuts who actually disgustingly, when he realized that he had lost the entire audience, went after my child, which thankfully they booted him for doing, they'll do that. They'll use arguments based on bad or old data, or they'll take good data out of context. Oftentimes reports and data they'll link to that contradict their ultimate point because they took some half line out of context. They'll make inappropriate comparisons with data. So one of the most right. common things you'll see is people comparing total violent crime rates over time with periods of gun restrictions, mass shootings and assault type weapons being used do not correlate with general violent crime. And this was something that thankfully the other token liberal in this conversation, who's a physician brought up, he said, this is a unique type of problem. This is separate from violent crime in general, which does have a high correlation with things like the economic conditions of the community patient with a whole bunch of other circumstantial things, but mass shootings do not correlate directly with that. Violent crime in the United States has been declining steadily since the 1980s, but mass shootings, deaths, and incidents are increasing. They are almost inversely related during the last 20 years, which is uncoincidentally in 2004 when the assault weapons ban that was passed in 1994 that made the AR-15 and other semi-automatic and fully automatic weapons illegal expired. 
And after that time, there has been a significant spike in the amount of people who have been killed, the per capita killings, the number of incidents. It's irrefutably the guns. Oftentimes, NRI people will be like, we don't have any research between 94. So I was like, that's because you baked in the ban funding yeah, to do it into an omnibus spending bill <laughs> that prohibited people who receive federal funding from studying the epidemic of gun violence or sorry, the yeah, it's epidemic of gun violence in this country. It's not pan because it's not global. Only in 2021, I believe, or two, did it expire and mm -hmm. it had to have been 2022 because it was, a, I think, a 25-year ban passed in, yeah, so something like that. It expired, and the Biden administration obviously did not renew it. Mm -hmm. So they, places like the CDC, the NIH, the ATF, have not been actually able to study gun violence for since the 90s. And right. they're only now starting to do those papers. Obviously, the peer review process is very lengthy. We haven't even had enough time, honestly, for a lot of people to be able to do that research and put it uh -huh. together, send it through peer review and get it published. That can take one to two years. And this is a something that we've lacked any kind of robust statistics from a research standpoint. But what we do have and what has been collected through other institutions like the New York Times or the Washington Post shows a direct correlation. I think the R square value, and I am going to get nerdy here, it was like 0.52 for gun ownership to mass shooting incidents, which is the only appropriate comparison. Because again, if you're comparing violent crime or rape to gun ownership, that makes absolutely no sense. You have to stick to apples and apples. And of course, that is one of the classic ways that we spread disinformation is we cherry pick data. Right. We compare things that are not really comparable or are even irrelevant. So let me clarify your nerd point there, right, is that there's a strong correlation between gun ownership and mass shootings in yes. terms of their co-increase. Yes. Yeah. It's as they go up, strong. right, as and you go United up, States as you have more people owning guns, you have more, pe more mass shootings happening. Yes. And okay. there's the other debate of what it constitutes a mass shooting. Now, this is probably the thing that leads to the largest difference in statistics that you see. Then that's how a mass shooting is defined. Now, there's a federal government definition. I think there's more than one federal government definition because the FBI okay. has one. And I think NIH or CDC has a separate one now. Mm -hmm. But generally speaking, it is any incident, incident in which three or more people, including the shooter, are shot and injured. It does not matter if they die, but also in a same or connected incident. So if you think and of that, I, in I was going to put in, I was going to put in a pitch to say anybody who's worth their snuff in terms of statistics too will tell you what their definition is. Yes, they will. And even some of these gun nut websites will put a little caveat at the bottom. Oh, there's different statistics, but they won't tell you which one they use. Lowering that bar changes the statistics dramatically. So if you wanted to look at, let's say in the last 20 years, mass shootings that resulted in 10 or more deaths, that is going to remove a lot of the data where three people were shot or four people were shot or like nobody died from that database and kind of look at what we're really talking about, which is mass death situations or five in which people are killed. There are a lot of different ways to do it. Mm -hmm. But there, the standard is three or more people shot, including shooter, regardless of how many died, in a single 
set of incidents. So there was the guy, the incel dude who filmed himself shooting up and down the California coast a few years ago. Uh I think they made a law and order episode about it. Uh He went to, I think three or four different locations during Uh the same shooting spree. So that's considered one event, not four different shooting events. So Uh it doesn't have to all occur at once, but to be the same thing, like the Sandy Hook shooter killed his mom first and then yeah. went to Sandy Hook. And so that's still all considered one thing. And, and like the Atlanta, the the spa, the Asian spa. Yeah, two, that, two think, or three spas. And, yeah, and, he went to several yeah. ones there too. Yeah. But that would that's be one true. incident, right? Yes. So even though he shot multiple people at each one, we would consider that one incident. One and you have to make a definition or else the data becomes yeah or the data doesn't terrible. work that's how data works and i everybody when you look at those numbers like i said any researcher who's worth a damn is going to tell you what that is and that's when i talk to my students about how to decipher good information from bad information that's one of the key things you should be able to find out who did it who researched it who is the author what were their original data sets and where what the definition of what they're measuring is if you yes. just see a meme with some random numbers or a chart or something and you have none of that information you should not be following what it says yeah and if just because you see a citation doesn't mean it's being used properly that is a big problem on this website called gunfacts.info which sounds legitimate enough. No, not at all. One of their first false talking points is that there's no difference between an AR-15 being shot with an AR-15 and your standard handgun, which is false. And they put in this chart of unknown origin that looks like they screenshotted an Excel spreadsheet that has like the magnum power of each type of bullet. It's not just that. That's the other thing is they're giving you incomplete information. It's the shape of the bullet. It's the design of the bullet. There are multiple other things that are a factor in how much damage a gun does to your body. But they'll give you this one chart and see, oh, look, if you look at this and if you don't know better, you're like, they said that here's this. Is that correct? And you have to say, yes, it is. That chart by itself is correct. It's also not the whole picture. And And if it was the same, why wouldn't everybody just have handguns? Why would you spend the extra money to buy the super awesome, cool AR-15 that's totally marketed towards people who have fragile masculinity and they've been doing this on purpose? Yeah, it was designed for a specific purpose. And it basically, because they had like the M16 and other weapons developed, became the civilian version of what people were using in war. And Mm -hmm. it started to become really marketed in the 1960s and 70s. And it's obviously, it exploded after that, but it really has not been a kind of standard weapon that people go to when they want a semi-automatic rifle until the last 20 years. And that is of course, when we've seen it become the gun of choice for mass shooters. If you look at every mass shooting with 10 or more deaths in the last 20 years an AR-15 was either used or in their possession. And that includes when my friend was in Aurora. Had James Holmes's gun not jammed and my friend had been shot in the face with an AR-15, he would have died. It would have exploded the back of his head and probably the side. Because the gun jammed and he had to switch to a shotgun, he took, I think, four or five to the face, the neck, the chest, and lived not completely mutilated. He has scars, but he lived not completely mutilated. That would not happen if he was shot in the face and the chest with an AR-15. To say that it would have is a complete 
lie. These are not the same weapons. These are weapons that were made to imitate weapons of war that we've made illegal. But even though we've made some of these illegal, let's think of the AK-47, there are loopholes and circumstances in which you can get one of those, which we know from Las Vegas when an AK-47 was found in the hotel room. I don't remember if that was ultimately used or not. But we use bump were- stocks. So there are modifications that are also sold that will mimic an AR-15. Yes. Now, he did have several AR-15s. He did have an AK-47. I was reading some of the reports last night. I did not get to the point of whether or not they said he used both of them. I think there were three or four bursts of shoots or shooting things. So he would empty a clip of about 100 rounds and then go to another gun and then start using that and then go to another gun. He had guns all over the place in his hotel room. So I'm not sure whether- Totally normal. Like you should just- Be able to amass that many weapons, that many bullets. Of course, then you have the gun nuts be like, we have gun laws on the books. We just need to enforce them. No, that's, we don't have enough. We don't have universal background checks. We right. still have the private gun ownership show. Yep, the gun show yeah. loophole, if you will. Any kind of background check. Unless, you, of course, you're a licensed, but not everybody is. If I own an AR-15 and I want to sell it to my neighbor, I don't have to do shit. I don't have to run a background check on him. I don't have to report it. I don't have to do anything. I can just sell it to him. And that's it. It's done. And my neighbor could be a crazy person. And yeah. And by the way, that's actually how the American legal firearms market feeds the secondary black market, both in this country and around the world. And that's been proven many times over is, yeah, these weapons will be purchased legally and then it's legal to sell to anybody at that point in time, too. So we have to keep that in mind. And that's why there is such a correlation between the mass shootings and the gun ownership going up as well is because really the more guns there are out there, the more guns that there are circulating around the world, which the American market feeds the global weapons market as well, the more dangerous everybody is, the more lives will be lost. And not only do the laws that we have or enforce fine, they're missing huge gaps. But even if we did have a universal background check, Las Vegas, Aurora, Newtown, I believe Parkland would have still happened because none of those people had actual criminal records there. You only lose your right to have a weapon. If you're charged with a felony crime in the state of Florida, I do not believe that the 19 year old kid who shot up Parkland had any actual criminal convictions. He had a lot of wellness check calls, which in an enhanced background check would be able to pick up one, but we still haven't even gotten general background checks. But uh, the Las Vegas shooter had no history of mental illness. He had no criminal record. Only, I think it was at the very beginning of April, six years later, did they come out with a report with what they thought the motive might have been. And I also want to say there's a big difference between circumstances and reasons and a motive. So the guy was in a lot of debt and he was apparently angry at casinos. If he had gone to shut up a casino, maybe that would be considered a motive. But that's... We have this need to have reasons. Like, why would someone do this? We want that motive. With the South Carolina church shooting, that is clear. That is a very clear motive. Mm -hmm. Pulse shooting was a very clear motive. Even good justifications. James Holmes was schizophrenic. That's not a motive. It's a reason. It can explain part of how that happened. But that's not the same thing as going in and with a specific goal and a specific target, like you see with racially based or religious based attacks. 
And let's talk about, too, what happens when you have guns in the home. The reason that guns are so dangerous in the home is because of these impulsivity components to it. We don't, we think somehow that suicide is always this like long drawn out process. A and lot it's of not. Suicide is impulsive, especially with guns. And especially and with guns. We might actually cross this year something that America has never crossed before. And we're very close to it. And that's having more gun murders this year than gun suicides. Wow. The number, I think, 15 years ago was two to one. And that something, I th gosh, I think it was like of the 45,000, it used to be that like 30,000 were suicides. And now it's 22,000. And we're starting to get to a place where we're going to actually see more homicides with guns than we are suicides, which was unthinkable in the United States. This will be the first year ever that it's that close. But it's because we have these weapons. We did pass. The only thing we really passed after Sandy Hook, which was so fucking disappointing. Obama had just run re-election. We really should have done more. But they were on this lie of compromise that just never yielded anything for us. That's a whole other discussion. Mm -hmm. But we passed the mental health screening law so that there would be an enhanced mental health screening when background checks were run. And Trump repealed it. Yeah. After Parkland here in Florida, we did have the age of consent for buying. It did. It did failed. It failed, it failed on the last day. Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah. It failed uh, on the last day of the legislature. Yeah. The Republican, if you're not from Florida, you're unfamiliar with the legislation involved post Parkland. The Republican controlled state, which at the time had a Republican governor and Rick Scott passed in a single session the most restrictive gun laws that have ever been passed in a single session in the country. Yep. That included some prohibitions on bump stocks, on clip rounds, on the waiting period. It increased it. It also raised the age of which you could buy these weapons from 18 to 21. It was actually- well, Red flag logs. There was a red, red flag line in there, wasn't red, there? Yeah. A lot of states do have red flag, law, flag laws now, which I have my own issues with. I think it's a deprivation of due process, but we can get into that another time. <laughs> That's why the gun rights groups gave me like a C minus because as I he didn't really ask about the unconstitutionality of the red flag laws on your survey. And I'm just curious why not, because to me, that represents a, an automatic deprivation of not just your second amendment rights, but also your fourth amendment rights, whatever. But so they were like, wow, thanks for that suggestion. We'll add it to our next form. C minus. I literally, they said, do you think assault weapons should be banned in the United States? I was like, yes. And then I put the little note and all of a sudden I get a C, whatever. But yeah, so it's Matt Gates got like a B minus. So I didn't do much worse than him, which is just shocking. Because the and NRA, anybody who voted for that package that was in the state legislature at the time got downgraded. So yes. that's why my opponent, Byron Donalds, got an A plus rating from the NRA because he actually voted against that. He was well, he one was of the only state legislator at that time. Matt that's what I'm saying. Matt Gates. Oh, he was wasn't at the time? Nope. He first went to Congress in 2016. Ah. So he was in Congress, but so he got bumped for another reason. But anyways, who knows? Um, okay. People just don't like him, even in the gun lobbies. It's just, I don't like this guy. Just bump him down. He's not a punch. answered thing. it correctly. I don't care. He's a fucking creep. Bump him down. But at any rate, red flag laws were another part of that, which remain controversial and are currently being reversed in a lot of states. It was an impressive response, a bipartisan response to, I believe at that time was the worst shooting in state history. And mm -hmm. of course, in suburban white school. Since then, DeSantis has tried to dismantle that. 
it was his idea to drop the age back down to 18. Of course, everything they do is his idea. He's the person who tells them what to do now. There's no dissension in the Republican Party in the Florida it's right now. Constitutional it's, it's, carry, which is, first of all, the name of the bill. They love to name things the opposite of what they are, like um, parents' rights bill that was basically stripping say gay, rights right. of parents away from them about their child's education or he just passed another one i forget what it was called something freedom bill and i was like it's literally the opposite but okay so yeah he the constitutional carry bill which would allow any person to carry a gun at any time as long as they have a driver's license on them or some form of id and that they produce it when asked by police that's it that's the it is constitutional carry that is something that desantis pushed and of course texas is a constitutional carry state and they're, it's not working out so well. If you look at murder rates in the United States, the gun ownership rate to gun crime rate is, like I said, 0.52 or square. But it's also that they have the highest violent crime rates in the country as well. And it's not a surprise because when you have multiple people being murdered easily, it increases the number of people who become victims of crimes. And in the case of the Allen, Texas shooting, it was a very crowded mall on a beautiful day. It was an outside outlet mall. Had an officer who actually did his fucking job for once, not already had been there for an unrelated call. I think there was like some teenagers that were fighting and they just broke him up. Yeah. And been a hell of a shot because he shot the guy in the head. That would have been much, much worse. So I have a question because we've talked a lot so far about the disinformation coming from the NRA, the gun lobby, the gun nuts about the caliber of weapon and the the disinformation about the facts behind the crime and things like that. And then people spread it and that's misinformation. That's what we've learned from you. However, there's one thing about this Allen shooting that I wanted to ask you because there's another element of misinformation and disinformation that's very bizarre going on with it. And that's about the shooter himself and the fact that yes. he is a Hispanic man seemingly, but there's allegation or he apparently had the, was it the RWDS right wing death death drive. So but, the, um, shooters, the video that shows the shooter dead right after he's been shot in the head, which is not blurred. You can also find, and honestly, I felt nothing seeing that, seeing the child there did something, mm. but seeing him dead there, I was like, good. But um, yeah, he was shot once in the head. Great job, cop. Didn't manage to shoot him and not anybody else. And he actually went to the gunfire. He ran towards it. Hey. What happened in Uvalde while they're flipping through their phones while they can hear children being slaughtered down Gross. the hall. My son got arrested for sharing and me making fun of them for that. And it's a little personal for me, but- uh, yeah, so had he not done that, other people could have been hurt too. But on that video, you can see the right-wing Death Watch patch on, he's wearing death squad, all I think. Huh? R-W-D-S, right-wing yes. Death Squad. Yes. So you can see it on, he's wearing all black, like, he looks like he's going to war. Um, but he is Which wearing, was like a Proud Boys thing too, I think, right? It is. And uh, they've also found his social media profiles. Some on a Russian website, which I can't imagine why he got these ideas. He needed to go shoot people up in America from a Russian yeah. website. Where he was sharing photos. One of which, and I took this one down after somebody made a good point. Appears he posted something from his account that said, this is what I think about your diversity losers and you put an apostrophe in losers and it's a photo of a man from the neck down with nazi tattoos all over him 
And uh, he did post that, but it's not clear if that photo is of him because you can't see his face. So I took it down initially because I wasn't sure if it was him or not, but the sentiment is the same. Guy sharing poached Nazi stuff. He's engaged in white supremacy. Right. The fact that people like Marjorie Taylor Greene don't think Hispanic people are white, I think is hilarious. It to me is Hispanic, what it means, right? What the word actually itself means. It's like of or from Spain. Mm. When did Spanish people become not white? I'm not sure when that and that's the whole thing in the census too, right? It's like you're ethnically Hispanic, but or Latino or white. whatever and yeah. white. Or you or black. Are, There's Afro. You can be black Hispanic, white Hispanic. You could be all kinds of different Hispanic, but you are not necessarily not white. I've seen right. the picture of the dead guy. He looks like your average white dude. So they've actually been sharing. I've seen other pictures that people have been sharing saying that he is, I mean, because you just said that he had like his head blown off. It's the way that he's seen, you can see him from one side and you can tell okay. from the blood on the other side that there are people there. sharing a picture of what looks like a Hispanic man in a hospital with stuff on it and tattoos and saying that's the shooter. Yeah, he was dead. So well, this is he, what I'm talking about. He did about not the, go to the hospital. The disinformation. But so yeah. now. I don't know that any of the pictures that have been out there so far have actually been confirmed to be him. There are right. a lot of them out there. There is only one right now that we know for a fact is of him. And that's the one of him dead. At the scene. Shot in the head. So, the, But this is what the, is concerning too. So there are people on the opposite side of this argument because we're also right now, just so people put this in context, Title 42 is about to expire. There's a lot of animosity around immigrants. This happened in Texas. And the right-wing folks who are trumping up this border crisis thing are basically manipulating this shooting and the public opinion around it to fur further animosity towards latino migrants that may yes. be coming so that's what they're saying because his name is like mauricio garcia allegedly because you can't and be an american born and bred citizen if your last name is garcia they also started this argument of see if we did something about immigration where is the evidence that he was an immigrant that he was not born and raised here he was a member of a far-right american militia group Enrique Tarrio was president yeah. of the Proud Boys, too. Yeah. And I was like, and sharing Nazi stuff. What indication do you have? And then they did the even grosser thing and tried to connect the shooting to the awful incident at the border, which are 550 miles away. I think, oh, they're like, oh, are these connected? Is this immigration like violence? I was like, first of all, the victims at the border were all immigrants. And they, that they was were the target here. Car, an SUV, a small SUV had rammed into a bus stop that was outside of a homeless shelter where a lot of migrants were staying. And I think eight people right. had yeah. passed. It almost ties the shooting. Which then people are like, oh, we banned cars. It's like cars are designed for something other than killing. Guns are not. So in case you right. That. You also have to have a license and you have to get permission to drive one. Insurance. And you have to pay insurance. I was like, if you want to go down the car road, let's fucking go. Because the car That's why me too. Design. Let's do the car road. I'm all about yeah, that. The car has a design specific purpose and that's transportation. A gun has a design specific purpose and that's to kill. And that right. gun specifically has the purpose to obliterate anything that it shoots and to do it very quickly with many bullets. I'm a hundred percent. Let's get everybody registered. Let's get everybody tested. Make sure they have them hold insurance in case something happens with that weapon. Yeah, they're not going to do that. I'm but, fine with uh, that. They only go down that road until you hit them back with that. And they're like, let's get back to what we're really talking about. But right. at any rate, 550 miles apart, no indication whatsoever that the guy who shot up the mall was anything other than a born bred domestic terrorist. Mm -hmm. And even if he's not, 
is that really relevant to the fact that he was radicalized here in the United States and armed here right. in the United States under our current laws? If he was right. an immigrant, wouldn't you prefer that they not be able to legally buy AR-15s by, you? I don't know, having universal background checks? Well, I think so. they try to get rid of that with the driver's license thing. But I anyway, I will say that I think it, everybody just needs to be super careful with this one, too, because it's got it's just got an extra bit of disinformation that's swirling around it. There's already because of the crazy right wing folks and the gun nuts like the Alex Jones types, who, by the way, think thankfully was held Musk. accountable. Let's go ahead and talk about what Elon Musk did. Mm -hmm. So this known Russian connected propaganda site retweeted a from the Russian site that this guy was on, which is denying that he was part of their thing, even though the posts are still there. This woman or account retweeted it saying it's a psyop and it's not even that good of one. And Elon Musk retweeted that shit and made some asinine comment like good point or something to think about or like he did with the Miami Herald about my son. Yeah. And so it's a great Basically place to what that line is trying to say to you is that didn't, it wasn't real. Cause I've seen this too. I've seen different people talking about it on Twitter in particular, but they were saying that the, the shooting was not real and that this was a ploy to take away their guns. That's what folks are saying. They said that about Sandy Hook. And by the way, uh -huh. you should watch your ass when you say that because Alex Jones is going to pay very dearfully for Good. him spreading those conspiracy theories that Good. it was fake or a false flag. It was actually the largest civilian settlement for defamation in the history of the United States. And when he tried to appeal in Texas under a Texas state law, the Texas just said, fuck no, you're paying every penny to these people. They lost their children and you went around and called them liars. Yep. So if you do that, you can be sued. And there is now precedent that you, yep. you will lose. You will lose. And we will see a lot of lawsuits come out from the families of those who were killed. If I was a family member of one of those killed and somebody did what Marjorie Taylor Greene did to David Hogg or what Alex Jones did to the Sandy Hook mm -hmm. families, I would sue them into hell. And you can be and you will be and you should be. And you should also be ashamed of being such a terrible human being and just go crawl back into your hole and just connect from the Internet and maybe try to reconnect with nature and find your humanity and your soul by adopting a cute puppy. I don't know. I don't know that there's a cure for you, but yeah. people are being always manipulated. People and that's forget, but Marjorie Taylor Greene got her little political notoriety from following a teenage boy, yeah. a teenage boy who had experienced this pulse was after this. So now pulse is the worst. But mm -hmm. at that time, the worst mass shooting in the state of Florida who watched like he saw everything. Yeah. And she followed him around, recording herself, calling him a crisis actor, attacking a yep. child who was a survivor of a mass shooting. But this is not surprising why anybody would vote for that woman just off of what she did to David. But they attacked David relentlessly. The alt-right hates him because he's an articulate, young, very young, when he first started all this person mm -hmm. who has his wits about him and... If you ever have the opportunity to just sit down and chill with him for a while, I was, I actually walked away from the first time I ever met him. I had lunch with him for like several hours. I brought Jackson with oh, me. Wow. And I thought this was back when we were in DC. I have never been so impressed with somebody so young in my entire life. Like, I don't think I was that impressive at that age. Like I doubt Barack Obama was that impressive at that age. <laughs> He's that put together and 
aware of things. I'm Jackson sorry. thought he was just like the coolest person on the planet. Um, and he, Jackson was a little younger, but he had just gone through gun violence at the hands of the police in her home and meeting with David and seeing how he turned that into a movement. And it really was profound for him, which is another reason why the things that they're saying about my child is just so fucked up because they have no fucking clue what they're talking about. But at any rate, that's how Marjorie Taylor Greene became famous by attacking yep. a child who was a survivor of a school shooting. And I, it's not defamation saying that she's a disgusting human being and I'm appalled that anybody voted for her and I cannot wait for her day in Congress and the public eye to end. That's not defamation because that's my opinion. Yes. And she would have to prove that it's not true. And I don't think that since it's subjective, <laughs> she but the fact that she followed him around is true. The fact that she recorded herself doing it is true. The okay. fact that she attacked him verbally, assaulted him, asked him why he was a crisis actor and why the shooting was faked and all that other stuff. That is true. Those facts did occur. Now, whether or not they thought it worth it to sue her or thought they even could, because until Sandy Hook, that was a thing that had not happened. This whole denying shootings was in this modern kind of age, really since the Tea Party. And so I don't know, but maybe everybody should because yeah. it only takes one of us to win to really send a message and that's what happened with sandy hook and alex jones yeah. they won more than anyone's ever won before and they should because yeah. that's a very disgusting thing to do but it's it doesn't misinformation doesn't have to be as obvious or as clearly vile as it's fake it can be the subtle things like even bringing up immigration while you're having a conversation about that shooting is a yep. way to inject an idea, even if it's subversely, that this was related to immigration. I actually, that was the first thing I said when we got on that chat. They were like, oh, so let's talk about, I was like, I thought we were talking about gun violence. Why are we talking about immigration? Oh. I was like, do you have any kind of information or evidence whatsoever to support that this was related to immigrants? I was like, as far as I know, the only immigrants that were involved in this situation were the Korean Americans who are seen dead in the video. So they were the target here they were the victims not the perpetrators so are, is that what we're doing and they immediately just changed to so don't sneaking those types of subjects in helps to psychologically condition you to think that those two things were related and they're not Ugh. it's just yeah it's very difficult to deal with some of these people but it's also important to remember that the overwhelming majority of americans want most of these common sense legislations passed. We're talking Absolutely. in the 70s and 80s and for background checks in the 90% of Americans. Mm -hmm. And it is Congress, not the people who are standing in the way of that. And, and so, state legislatures. Let's not let yeah. give them a pass. Yeah. Yeah. That's another big thing too. The pipeline to Congress starts in your school board races, your mayor races, your state legislature. So you need mm -hmm. to stop electing these people for your local because they're the people that are eventually going to run for Congress. Yeah. So like these dickheads that did the guardian program here in Florida, like my kid, they're trying to arm the schools in my kid's district. Super fun. Mine's already is. Yay. I live in Santa Rosa, which is one of the most backwards counties in the whole state. But uh, yeah, it's the, they reduced the requirements to be a guardian for the state of Florida. It's dangerous. I'm glad I'm leaving. <laughs> 
it's dangerous. So let's wrap this. It's been a long, tough episode. Heartbreaking. And we didn't even um, talk about Andrew Gillum, which we will have to do another time. We're going to have to do Andrew next time. But this was a really important thing because I think the disinformation coming both from the gun lobby and then from these opportunists trying to score something political related to the border crisis needs to be called attention to. People need to be aware of it and need to have hope that there that we can fight this. So keep fighting. Do not stop raising your voice because we can break through. It is going to probably take electing somebody like David Hogg to get it done. And, but don't stop because our kids, our families, our communities deserve it. Our children are dying. They're being gunned down. Malls, concerts, schools. It's not going to stop. If nothing changes, it will not stop. So something has to change. And I think that maybe, it, like I said at the beginning, I think it's time for us to see what the inside of those classrooms look like. Because if that doesn't move people, then truly we are lost and don't deserve to be saved. Hmm. But on that very fucked up, depressing note. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> God. When you deal with misinformation, it, it becomes so hyped when it's a very charged emotionally issue. So naturally we're going to be talking about things that are contentious, that are emotional, that people are very passionate about. And as I said, I've been on both sides of the media ethics as to whether or not it's okay to share those things. And I'm not dismissing any of the arguments that say that it's not. I agree. You're both right. You're both right. But if nothing else is working and if showing the reality of something that happened years ago will save my child or someone else's child for being shot in the future, then yeah, it's worth it. Yeah. But that's my two cents and you're entirely entitled and still correct to disagree with me, which is, you know, what people should, they should be able to understand different viewpoints and say it's complicated and there's no easy fix using evidence-based facts, not made up stuff, but we will break into made up stuff next week. When we talk about Andrew Gillum the former mayor of Tallahassee turned gubernatorial candidate against Ron DeSantis in 2018 and yeah. the acquittal of charges against him on right. the same day, the man who set him up and shared photos of him nude on the ground was convicted of seditious conspiracy. And so you're going to have to dive into that for us. Yes, we are. So oh, we'll be man, looking forward to that. Oh, man. Oh. All right. So thank you for joining us here on Misinformational with Rebecca Jones. Thanks for sharing your knowledge and your time with us, Rebecca. I'm your co-host, Dr. Cindy Banier. Check out all the amazing shows we have on Big Mouth Media F al.com subscribe you can subscribe to misinformational on its own for 99 a month or 49.99 a year or you can get everything from big mouth media for just 19.99 a month and you're going to help keep independent media just like this alive and well as we fight fascism in the state of florida yes and i'm not sponsored by coke zero even though you see me drinking it through every single episode it's lunchtime so i'm usually finishing one off we don't have like corporate sponsors um if coke zero wanted to yeah totally if you gave me free coke i'd be totally down for it but at this point in time i'm just leisurely enjoying it after my meal so we're doing this for the people yes Thank you guys for your support. Continue to support us and other independent media outlets. And we'll keep bringing you the facts. See you guys next next week. Bye. Thanks for joining this informational with Rebecca Jones brought to you by Big Mouth Media. Stay connected by visiting misinformational.com and check out all the great shows and articles on bigmouthmediafl.com. 
You can also join the conversation with us on Facebook, Instagram, and the cesspool that's Twitter. Don't forget to subscribe to Misinformational wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.